Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta's episodes 47 and 48. We actually get two half-decent English titles this time around. Uh, we'll go into that a little bit later. But with us this week we have Scotty P. Lane, are you going to go with the funnel missiles or the arm-mounted mega particle cannon? Mm, I'm going to have to go with funnels. Okay, I mean, you have both at your disposal being lame. Can I have both, then? You can, yeah. I just, I mean, right. you know, for, for right now, I'm going to go with funnels. Uh, no, I'm going to use them both at the same time. Whoa, look out. <laughs> uh, focus. <laughs> strong new type flash powers. Hey, Luke. All right, hi. <laughs> uh, I, would, I, I want, the, I want the, the wrist whip that Camille gets. I don't know that was one of the options, but... I feel like he was ripping off uh, uh, Yazan, though. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get, like, the, the like the shock power to it, but, it, like, he's ripping off Yazan. Camille just needs to open up that, that shirt a little bit, like, expose a little bit of that chest hair that's growing on him. <laughs> is it is it blue? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I want him to do like a live action remake of, of Zeta and keep all of like the hair and outfits like accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just like it's just like Chris Pine or someone <laughs> like that as Camille. And it's just kind of like 80s hair, turtleneck and, and tiny 90s, but it's just Chris Pine. With blue hair. <laughs> yeah, with blue hair. Yeah, they got it. No, no, it didn't die. It's a wig. It's a bad wig. <laughs> to make sure people will go see it, Quattro Bagina will be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> so good. Uh, and ooh, ooh, Christian Slater is bright. Or or Kevin Bacon. Either way, uh, I I, uh, I don't really care. I just want to see him slap The Rock. Oh uh, yeah, somebody that can do some good slaps. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to think of that. Maybe maybe like uh, Hulk Hogan, but I guess like isn't isn't Hulk Hogan like persona non grata now? Was didn't he do like yeah, much of racist stuff? Uh, yeah, he's yeah. not a safe pick anymore. <laughs> and look, we've had Maximum Hogan Rock at WrestleMania 17, I think. So <laughs> that's hey, listen, listen, that's a good match. That's a good match. The Rock carries it, of course. <laughs> I mean, because we're still talking early knots, but I mean, Hogan was already really old, but it's, it's like, like Hollywood Hogan versus the rock. And there's like a double turn in the middle of it. And it, like, it's, it's excellent. It's good. I feel, I feel like Hogan and Ric Flair have been really old for a really long time. And I, feel like, I feel like the, the Hulk Hogan was old when he was like in that Rocky movie. Yeah. I mean, Ric Flair has almost died. Yeah, Multiple like, times. like wrestling or just in general? No, I mean just in general. Like a couple of years ago, he was in the hospital, and it yeah. was like I was like, "Oh, he, yeah, he, this is it." But no, I he's... mean, I remember watching wrestling with my grandpa when I was like in elementary school, and I was like, "Oh, that guy's old," and like he's still around, and I think he still like randomly wrestles. I'm like, "Yeah, he pops in occasionally." <laughs> I think well, no, he's. His... His daughter does, so he just will show up every now and then as like a valet or something. But he, yeah. he no, he does not do any more matches. He doesn't do. Well, anything. I think they still have some of those old fogies, like Undertaker, or whatever shows up every once in a while, and he like quote unquote wrestles, like like not really, but he's like in there. So okay, I know this is a Gundam podcast, and we'll get to it. But so the Undertaker only recently retired, but one of his last matches was a like so last year for WrestleMania because they had to do that in their um, like Florida, like soundstage studio things, basically um, that for the undertaker's match, they did a taped match where they like had a set built out in the swamps somewhere or something. And I think this was last year, maybe it was the year before. Anyway, it was basically all pre-taped and essentially one of the, uh, so like it, in part of this match, like you see the undertaker throw off a couple of AJ styles is like crony guys, um, like, you know, off a roof or something. And those guys ended up leaving the company a couple of weeks later. 
So one of the last things Undertaker did in kayfabe was kill like Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson because they never came back to the story. So like within the story, like Undertaker literally killed those guys. <laughs> Remember that time he killed those guys? Wrestling's totally, totally real. We filmed this guy murdering people. <laughs> my, oh, that my match was all kinds of cheese. Like he buries AJ Styles and like there's a fake hand at the end and everything coming out of the door. Oh, like, oh yeah. My, oh, that's great. My my jam growing up was was pre goth sting, and not, and then he turned into like the crow sting. Here's here's uh here's how I know how much older than me you are, Lane. I I got into it when I was a child, and he was already goth sting. Well, I don't think he was like not goth. I think he was very quickly goth sting. I think he was like sting sting for like a few years. And then he turned into goth sting. I thought he was like regular sting for like 20 years. Was it? I don't, I don't know about 20, but a good while. Um, he was only uh, goth sting in like 96 or 97 or so. I remember the surfer sting mostly for RoboCop. <laughs> he had a tag match with RoboCop. Yeah. I, I was probably watching it in like the, the maybe the late eighties to mid nineties. And yeah, I would say I started in the mid '90s up through like mid middle school. That's when everybody was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I remember, man. I remember the what was it um, when uh, when the uh, when the NWO uh, like betrayed like half of the NBA. Oh NBA yeah, and had, like the Wolfpack, and he went over to the Wolfpack and started being wearing red. He was like yeah. red sting, <laughs> and Hulk Hogan turned into a bad guy that wore black. You wore black, oh, so you, you knew he was he was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah man. Well, they, he had those painted, like the painted five o'clock shadow. Yeah, with it, like because I don't think he could. Ha I don't think like his that blonde. Like I don't think he could actually do that deep five o'clock shadow. So, but yeah, that uh, that NWO faction split was like that was like the last good story WCW did. Um, and then, you know, it really reminds me a lot of like Axis and the Titans splitting, you know? It, so that reminds me, just last little aside. See, we... I tried to get us. No, no, no. Now. This is Gundam related. Gundam related. <laughs> there's, there's lots of talk on if uh, the new Hathaway's Flash movie will actually have Bright with a mustache or not. Um, because apparently in the novel, he has a mustache. So. Oh, I hope he does. <laughs> It's going to be a porn stash. You know, it will be episode 47. It is. I sent you guys a picture. It is. Yeah. A yeah. descent into the maelstrom. It took the... eight minutes for us to introduce the episode. Eight <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Look, if mobile suit breakdown can do unrelated, like sketch comedy related to previous episodes, we can bullshit about like wrestling and, and fake five o'clock shadow for eight minutes. Okay. Hey, pre pre racism. Hollywood Hogan is uh, important. Okay. I mean, this is free, guys. This is free content. <laughs> we'll clean it up when the Patreon comes out. <laughs> then it's an obligation. Doing that. <laughs> One day. When we get through the UC, then we'll, we'll start the Patreon. For, for like quarterly updates. Quarterly Gundam updates. Fit, 50 cents every two months. <laughs> Uh, Lane on TikTok for you. Oh, we'll send you something in the mail. It's going to be an envelope. It's just going to be Lane. Lane, your TikTok is just going to be you doing regular life things and then having sudden new type flashes. Just in your regular life, that's it. That's your like washing dishes, and I'll be like, just like a squirrel outside. You're going to be like, huh? This isn't dishwasher safe. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll then I'll like have a laser coming out of my head and like cut somebody in half. That's a spoiler for later down the line. Oh god. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> serious voice. This is not uh, the April Fools episode. <laughs> this is a real one. <laughs> Uh, so Camille runs into Haro and the orphans into the hallway and uh, they have a somewhat normal interaction for, for Camille. Cause I, I don't know, Camille's just fucking awkward with kids usually. Um, uh, and they, they make Camille promise that he will come back so they can play together uh, after this battle that he's going to be in. Um, I don't know. It felt, it felt important. It felt ominous. 
It did. It felt like they suddenly, I wrote down that they suddenly really care about him coming back, which is not a conversation they've really had that much. It, it also feels like maybe they thought this was going to be like the next last episode of the series. And they were like, ah, no, we got two more or three more coming out after this. So, <laughs> um, so uh, Camille gets, we, we see Camille getting the Zeta and he's like testing out these new little weapon things. It's like a little rope weapon, uh, it, like opens and closes and all this stuff. And they're like kind of talking mm-hmm. to him about the operation. Yep. It's uh, replacing his, he really mentions it because he's talking to Astonage about it and they re- are replacing for this battle his grenade launchers that are usually there. And um, what I liked in this scene, though, is that Kotz is floating around in the hangar asking why he gets to go out. And Camille is basically like, go away, Kotz, and and moves the Zeta's arm. <laughs> Smacks him with his like mobile a, suit. GTFO. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Kotz is like bitching that he wants to launch too. And... uh and then, like, I guess Foz's supposed to be watching Kotz because Kotz is annoying. Uh, I noticed the trend about Kotz being annoying over the next few episodes. Kotz has never been a good, like, character. Um, no, but he is especially annoying over yes. the last couple episodes. Um, so Fog gets distracted and Kotz is able to go off and, and launch uh, because he wants to go get revenge for Sarah's death. Um, and then... Fa's like, well, I'm going to launch too. And so she goes and launches. Um, How is nobody watching these mobile suits? Like they just constantly get stolen by people on the ship. Like it's constantly a surprise that their mobile suits are being launched into space. No one seems to know until it's outside of the ship. Yeah. To be fair, the last couple of times Kotz has done this, they show him do this like halfway VTOL takeoff thing where he's going sideways. Like they're not, they're not moving the catapult for him. They need to fucking steal the keys or whatever. Like, yeah, just take his keys away. <laughs> like, unplug the battery. I don't know. <laughs> um, yep. So, uh, everybody gets to launch except for Char, who's like, hey, can I launch? Oh, sure. And they, they're like, nah, you can't launch. And so we go back to like sad Char again, um, very briefly. Uh, and Bright says, Camille will take care of everybody. And at this point, you know, Derpader, Derpader. Makes a, a note. I think it's right here about how uh, uh, everyone's due for some correction. They have some corrections coming, except for Camille, because Camille's going to take care of everybody. Camille's the only one doing what he's supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, Camille was actually tasked. I just love the ominous. Like they have some corrections coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, so we learned that Operation Maelstrom is a go. Uh, we don't know what Operation Maelstrom is yet but we will learn very shortly um but yeah bright says he's going to correct some people um so out into space kotz is like i'm gonna go kill haman uh and he's like i'm motivated by my hatred or i think camille says kotz you're motivated by your hatred you're gonna die he he says you shouldn't bring your personal feelings into it um and he like kind of lectures him on it which i thought was really funny considering it's camille (laughs) Yeah, he lectures him on it, and then he points a gun at him. Yeah, he, 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 he says, "I'll shoot you if you don't obey orders." And Kotz is like, "Wait, what? What?" what? He's like, "He's like, I'm serious. I'll do it." Yeah, and, and the Zeta at this point has the big gun out, the big blue gun. It's the hyper mega launcher, not just the regular Zeta beam rifle. And so Kotz is really like, "Hey, hey, guy, hey, talk to him now." Easy. And then Fa's Easy. like, no, no, don't kill Kotz. He's not doing that much wrong. And she, actually, she says, Kotz sucks, but so do you, Camille. So do you. Yeah, she says, why don't you show the same restraint that you are asking Kotz to show? And Camille's like, fine, you know what? You guys go back to the Operation Maelstrom main force. I'm going to end this war quickly because I'm going to do it myself. Which is what he's tasked to do. True. <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course they don't like Kotz and Fa. Like Kotz more than Fa, but they just never fucking listen. They do what they want to do. Yeah, well, I mean, Fa is going after Kotz because she's like, "I, you need me out there, okay? Bad stuff's gonna happen to you, Kotz, if I'm not there, which we'll get to in a couple episodes." But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so the operation begins. Uh, Emma Shar and body launch. Um, 
sorry, Brody, Boti Lodge. I, I always misspell or mispronounce his name. Well, now they, they do finally explain what, what we're doing. I thought it was a little right. bit more after this. Well, you can at least kind of figure it out though, because yeah. they're approaching grips too and they are attacking it. And the yeah. idea here is that they are going to take it. Yep. Um, everybody wants to take the colony laser. They're like, that thing looks useful. They're not <laughs> trying to blow it up. We're like, no, no, we could, we could use this for something. And uh, one thing I meant to mention at the, towards the start of the episode that I forgot at some point here, a couple episodes ago, we moved into 0088. Uh, and this episode is taking place on February 2nd of 0088. Did they acknowledge the transition or were you just kind of like, just no, they, we, Scotty and I were talking about this a little bit before the episode. We, were, we we presume that it is in like some obscure like gunpla manual where it's like this suit launched on this date uh, uh, for Operation Maelstrom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got to be from some kind of ancillary material. Maybe even uh, I don't know if when this show first came out, if they were still updating Gundam Official with lots of information. But sometimes they would put timelines on there. Um, sometimes manga have timelines like the wing glory, the losers manga has an excellent timeline uh, for that series. So I think it's in the first volume or third or I don't know, but anyway, yeah, I'm sure it's just from some ancillary material because correct. The show doesn't even acknowledge that the year uh, turned uh, when I think that's somewhere between like 41 and 45 that happens. Yep. So Shar uh, mentions that the Axis forces are firing from a little bit too far away and we're, we're kind of left with the impression that the Axis forces, even though they may outnumber uh, the Ayug forces, are kind of like inexperienced. So they're, you know, it's one of those things where you're, they're throwing bodies, but maybe not like the best trained um, skill with forces. Um, well, the, the way Haman puts it, though, is she's saying when, especially when the Ayug fleet starts attacking, um, she says that with their numerical superiority, they'll be fine as long as they can endure the initial wave of the attack because right. she has concerns about how the AU fleet uh, is smaller and faster. Yep. Yeah. It basically, yeah. She, she says the, they're coming fast and she, while she's saying that she's basically like, somebody is focusing on me. I sense it. Uh, and then we get a little uh, spot of Camille hiding um, behind an asteroid, uh, anticipating that uh, Haman will come out and hurt Quebley. Quebley. Um So um, Shar gets up in his Yakushiki and takes up out the Grips 2 main electrical systems. Um, and and Bodhi helped. Yeah. Weren't they going after specifically, they said the microwave receiver panel? Yep. 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 I don't know if that was important, but it sounded important. Yeah, Shar got that part, and Bodhi took out the main circuit breaker. Okay. Um, yeah, so at, once he does that, Axis doesn't really actually seem like they care about defending the colony laser anymore. It kind of, like, their defense kind of breaks down at that point. Um, and this is where Bright explains why it's called Operation Maelstrom. He says, you know, you were basically going to surround the colony and kind of like spin and spin and spin and like move closer and closer and closer like a, a flushing toilet. Um, yeah, well, he, well, the Shinta and Kum sit on his lap and he's like, you see, uh, Maelstrom is a big whirlpool. And yeah, they're, we're like going to surround it. It's like he's being a dad for the first time in the show, despite already having kids. <laughs> I know. And then and then after he explains it and they run off, he's like, this isn't a nursery. It's like, dude, you were you were just okay. Yeah. Exactly like it was. Um so Haman prepares for launch. Um she she kind of meets up and sees Maneva briefly and um she tells uh, Haman that she doesn't want Haman to launch because she's feeling sick. Um, basically a bad premonition of some sort. So we're, we're led to believe with this encounter that maybe Maneva has some new type abilities as well. Yeah. Um, she, uh, what she specifically mentions is that she's uh, telling Haman that it's like that 
time on the Guadan when she saw Shar for the first time in years. Yeah. Yeah, and you get the, um, that kind of like uh, every time Haman has like a flash or like a feeling or whatever, she gets that like purpley, like the dark purple overlay, and she gets that same thing when she's kind of like it's dawning on her that uh, Maneva might be having the same like reaction as her. And it's, it's similar to what she was feeling every time she feels like Camille or Char or anything like that. Yep. Yep. So um, Haman convinces uh, Maneva that Char will support Axis uh, once the Arkham has gotten blown up. Um, I, I don't think she uh, actually believes that herself, but that's what she tells Maneva. So you tell a kid, hey, we're going to murder all of his friends and then he'll be our friend. That's how that's- it works. Haman is projecting what she wants, not necessarily what she thinks is going to happen. Yeah. Or maybe she's just trying to pacify Maneva. No, she think to later episodes, like Okay. Yeah. She she does actually still want him to come over to their side. Not necessarily because she has some particular fondness for him, but because although that is implied by the show and destroyed by Shar's deleted affair. Um yeah. Uh, but because she thinks he would be useful. I don't think it's destroyed by Shars deleted. Yes, it is. Really? Yes, it is. And she's a jilted wannabe lover. Um, yeah. So Haman is having a lot of, a lot of weird sensations, uh, in this scene. And all I had a real note for her weird sensations was, um, giggity. Uh, <laughs> so, Kotz is, uh, so one of the last things that Camille told Kotz was don't be detected. Don't fuck things up for me. So uh, after this this uh, scene with Haman, Kotz is detected and Haman goes out to fight him. Immediately. Well, yeah, as soon as she launches, he flies up behind her. Yeah. And, and just misses. Yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, so Fa saves him and... Um, Haman gets new type yelled at by Camille. Well, what I one thing I think is interesting about the um, Kotz and Haman thing, as soon as Kotz attacks her and she misses, she goes, "Well, that pressure I was feeling wasn't from this pilot." Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was a dig. It's like, yeah, that's not the guy. <laughs> um, so Camille engages uh, Haman and shoots his fancy gun twice that he was so pumped about having and then immediately throws it away one note that i had about the gun is that um camille asks like one of the engineers or whatever he's like is it gonna work is it gonna be good and then he's like well if your skills are good enough then it's gonna be great <laughs> and then it immediately is not good yeah yeah it's like pew pew ah this sucks <laughs> next um so camille says that haman is the source of misery and anger causing the war so like this i, I didn't Did mention it like trippy new like new tech resonance thing or they no, yeah, that, like, that's okay. that's next yeah so i wanted to say before we got into like the uh the, the crazy new type shit um camille is like in this episode they this is where they kind of like finally and maybe like for the rest of the series have changed his uh attitude like i think we had mentioned before that camille was very like up and down, up and down, like uh, immature, mature, immature, mature, and then like annoying and all that stuff. But this this episode, like, I feel like he's he is consistent for the rest of the series. Starting this episode, he's almost like he, he's almost gotten to the point, and, and we'll talk about it a little more later um, at the end of the episode. But um, he's almost like starting to have some PTSD from being in all this. He's got that kind of thousand yard stare and he's just kind of like, this is all we're good for like that kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is where they, they cross beam sabers and, uh, then they start having a psycho wave battle. Um, and when they start having this psycho wave battle, we get a flash of a lot of the people in the battlefield and they're all like, Whoa, and then uh, Camille and Haman float in purple space together. Um, Fully clothed because this is not double O. Or, or regular. Didn't um, original series have them naked as well? Mm, maybe here and there. I don't remember. It I wasn't remember as graphic. O, 
I remember Double O the most because everyone was always very specifically naked in those. Like, uh, well, I mean, they were like the new type yeah. phenomena. They called it quantum brainwave yeah. stuff, but same thing. Uh, and and the funniest one is when uh, uh, Saji is riding bitch in the Double O riser, and you like basically him and Setsuna have their backs to each other. And they're like floating naked selves have their backs to each other while they're like talking to other people. And it's really funny, <laughs> but yeah. none of that here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Camille sees all the women from the show, essentially, um, like kind of like flash around Haman, um, including his mom. Yeah. Including his mom it becomes a big mommy scene. Um, and then, uh, Haman, Man, I just skipped my notes, and now I'm like, all right, no, sorry. So Haman sees all the men in her life flashing around Camille, uh, and it's kind of weird. It's like they're all, like, the, the the show for, like, the last maybe 10, 15 episodes has been very, like, especially, like, with Rekoa has been very gender-focused, and this is just more of that, like, uh, Camille seeing women, Haman seeing men. It's weird. Um and I then wanted to make a note about Camille seeing the women. I kind of felt like it was every woman he either banged or tried to bang, but then also his mom. I did he did he really? I mean, I think he like briefly flirted with Emma, but not like not seriously. Yeah, not serious, but still, it was like very specific. But he would have done it if she like invited. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's the impression I got that it was like all these women that he flirted with or banged or wanted to bang and then his mom and then yeah. and, and cut. In in fairness, that's almost every woman in the show. Yeah. Yes, that is true. <laughs> um and then uh Haman sees Shar and it, it's like we're assuming it's like the scene from uh Char's deleted affair when they're like in access together, is what I read from so, that. So, I mean, so, so what you see here and what I always took this as is that when Char was on Axis, they had like they were a thing. Mm -hmm. And then he escaped and was Quattro and like he kind of just ran away from the relationship because that's a very Char thing to do. Um, and that she never had closure on it. Now, Char's deleted affair goes in a completely different direction because it's stupid. <laughs> and it didn't get the point. Yeah. But anyway, um, so that's that. Is, I choose to still believe that that's really kind of what happened is that like she's real mad at Char. But if he came knocking back on the door and said, girl, I was wrong. I brought some Barry White and massage oil. She'd go, OK. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's inconsistent with Char's deleted affair, but I, I think we disagree on that. Indeed. Um, Camille starts saying that all people can un understand each other, um, you know, during this new type resonance. He's like, oh, you know, I can understand you. We can all understand each other. We can come and, and have peace. And then Haman's like, fuck you. I'm going to kill you, you piece of shit. Um, and, and, Again, this is another reach back and again, a, a very meta way to Char's deleted affair. She, she says that she feels violated um, by Camille doing what he does. So, well, so this is, I mean, for one, Haman doesn't really understand what's happening and is right. kind of speaking to, whereas Camille is more of just going with it right. during this whole shared delusion yeah, uh, you know, it, because this is much different from the sort of psychowave battle that Haman and Shirako had, which was more of a clashing of wills. Right. Right. And in here, this is more of Camille is just kind of going with it. They're and, resonating almost. Yeah. And what you see via Camille just going with it is they have that that one little sequence uh, before it ends where like they it shows like their thought ways kind of jumbling together it almost looks like like tentacles mashing up together that's a different like that's that. a different show scotty well yeah that's the um you just look up zeta gundam rule 34 for something <laughs> like that um i wonder if you'd get the robot or the characters anyway um <laughs> so <clears throat> it's uh, uh camille's just going with it and they're kind of it's it's showing you that potential of 
the new type phenomena of being able to understand someone. And so Haman is seeing these things about Camille that have influenced his development. Camille is seeing some things about Haman. But then Haman's force of will, she makes a choice to go. She, what she says is, don't get cozy with me and kind of breaks it off. And she's saying, like, you know, you aren't allowed inside my head like that. Don't show me your delusions. And it's it's a ah, there, I could go on and on about this. And I'm not. I'm just going to say it's new type space magic. Um, but if you've ever played Chaos Head or Chaos Child, holy shit, there's a lot here, isn't there? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, Haman basically says she feels violated at this point and she just like cuts Camille off and resumes the battle. And Camille's like, Camille's like still trying to appeal to her when she initially cuts things off and like stop the fight. Um, but is. I mean, Haman's raging, right? Yeah. There's that whole shot that it, it's just Haman it's the outline of Haman and it all goes red otherwise. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. Like her intent now is murderous. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Camille's like still trying to like talk her down, but it's very clearly not working. Um, so she's about to take out Camille when uh, Kotz interrupts to avenge Sarah. Um, he promptly gets. Um... Every time I rewatch the show, I think, oh, Kotz is about to die because he's like, watch, Sarah, I'm going to avenge you and flies up to Haman when she's trying to kill somebody. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Kotz is going to die. He doesn't. <laughs> well, I know correct fucked up what I was writing, and I don't remember what I was originally writing. I, I said he promptly gets layered. Layered? Uh, huh. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I didn't write specifically what happened to him. Um, I just wrote in the next line, uh, he needs to go after Haman, even though he got fucked up. Yeah, so he gets fucked up and Fa's legs get shot off. Um, just the one, right? Just the one. Um, and Camille says that Haman shouldn't, at this point, he's like, uh, Haman shouldn't be allowed to exist. And he starts uh, new type waving at this point. He's like, ah, rage, power, emanations. So, okay, so yeah, you don't, the show never, I think the show mentions the biosensor directly maybe once, mm -hmm. or I might just be thinking about double Zeta where they actually do finally mention it directly. They imply a lot of things about it in Zeta. I least. don't and think they mention it that I can yeah. remember. Yeah. I think yeah, they just, I think they describe it multiple times without naming it. And a lot of the description is implied, but anyway, that's really what's happening here. And, um, is that he's got the biosensor fired up. He's also got the long beam, sa beam saber going from the beam rifle. So if you notice, like in their earlier melee, he was not pulling out like a traditional beam saber. That's like a, it's like a rifle with a really long bayonet at that mm -hmm. point. Still just the beam rifle though. And so at this point though, what he's able to do is, uh, well, first off, you've got a really sinister shot of the Zeta here. And then you got Camille's eyes, and just a little bit of his face kind of layered over top of it. So visually you had the, you get a contrast here too, though, because you have the like Haman murderous intent versus the Camille. I'm going to fight you for real kind of intent. And it doesn't have all that red like rage. And his is more of this like justice kind of thing going on. He doesn't say that word, but, uh, but what he's able to do though is um, throw that beam saber and then she swats it away, but now he gets to use his cables. Yep. Yep. He, uh, he wraps her up with his cables and then he kind of, uh, unlike Yazan who can electrocute people, he just like pulls her in and then, um, cuts off. Was it two of her shoulder turrets? Yeah. Yeah. It was two chunks of shoulder turret on the same side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is really bad news for the Cubile because it needs those for its AMBAC system. And the only reason he misses the good parts is he gets distracted and hears his voice in his head about, we could still understand one another. <laughs> yeah. So as soon as she gets her shit cut off, she's able to fly away. Um, so she, she gets away. Um, and then Camille tells Scott's to protect Fa while he goes to check on the Argama because there's some forces heading towards the Argama and he's concerned about it. Um, 
so he meets up with Shar and Emma, uh, and it seems like they uh, they all win in that area where they're at. I guess around Grips too, and like Shar's like, ah, oh, leave leave the mop up to the Nemos. They'll they'll handle this, um, and then they head off. Um, so Haman, we get a shot back of Haman. She's back on on her ship, and she is pissed and stewing, and says that her true enemy is Camille. At this point, she fuck Char, fuck everybody else. Camille is uh, the guy. But what you, also, what you also have before that, though, is Haman just saying we're going to withdraw. So Axis is withdrawing from Grips too, meaning the AU has taken it. They have succeeded. Um, and then uh, also Maneva thinking about thinking about her girl has a bowl of fruit delivered. <laughs> yeah. So the the remaining Axis soldiers surrender. Uh, I guess the ones that were inside the maelstrom um, and cots and fa are being brought to the bridge for corrections. Um, well, I want to make a note about that because uh, uh, it cuts to the, the bridge and Bright's like, uh, send fa and cots up. And then one of the pilots uh, is sitting there like for corrections, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows, knows what's going on. A bright slap is being prepped. He's like holding his arm back with like a rubber band or something. He's just getting ready to like snap it. He's doing like the shoulder circles you haven't done since high school. Just getting warmed up, ready to go. That's why you don't see him do much new type stuff. He saves it up. Yeah. Um, so Shamar, the Shamar, um, Shar brings, Shamar? <laughs> brings Camille a drink uh, and, and Camille is sad that he couldn't get rid of Haman. Um, it, we see a little kind of like monologue where Camille's talking about how he was too weak to overwhelm um, Haman and just kind of failed. And he says, I, uh, "Spirit." Yeah, he says his fragile feelings lost out to Haman's intense will. And then Shar tries to connect this back to Amro, and I was like. Okay. I didn't get it. Yeah, Shar says that it's the same path that that Amaro took over, uh, and it took Amaro seven years to overcome that, and his soul was in purgatory the entire time. And I was like, "What?" Yeah, I, I'm like, dude, Amaro beat your ass. Yeah, he was sad about Lala, but like, he won. I don't, I don't, the writing here in that part, that conversation, the end of it, it's, it's very weird. It's like someone was like, Hey, remind everybody that Amaro, that he exists. <laughs> We've got a show coming up in a seat in a few episodes, but Amaro is uh, not in that one. So I don't, oh, I, that's yeah, true. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what they were going for with this like little scene. Cause it, it didn't click with anything I watched. At least then, though, they bring it back around to the start of the episode. Kids come in. Camille is uh, he's going to play with them now, like he said he would at the start. Yeah. Yep. He planted his death flag and then he came back to the argument. And now they're ripping it right back out. <laughs> um, so we learned at the very end of the episode that Bright is going to attempt to alter the course of Axis to save Granada from an asteroid drop. We don't learn how or why or how at this point, but... Uh, that is the um, point of the next episode. Episode 48, The Mirror of Rosamia. Um, so I just wanted to note the the Japanese version of the, the title. And, I, and most of the time it's pretty close. But it's uh, Rosamia no Nakade, which is like, has nothing to do with the mirror. It's like, inside Rosamia, like it yeah it's in what way <laughs> in in a normal like like humbrabi, the same in like a humbrabi way or like the o's crotch arms way but it like like you could say karuma no nakade which is like inside the car you know <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, I just I if it's it like like a euphemism for like into her inner soul or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think I think it is. I just thought it was the the English title was more missed than hit this time. It's it's a good English title, and this and this is I think one of the first episodes where we actually get two good English titles, and and like one of our episodes. Um, so 
I'm not going to complain too much. I just thought it was a yeah. very slightly um, strange translation. I, I think they went for something like the mirror of your soul. And then they were like, hey, what if we replaced the, the noun with Rosamia? Whoa, really clever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the Argama is trying to figure out how to move Axis because Axis is on a collision course with Granada. Um, mm -hmm. Camille somehow blames himself for all of this. Um, he's like, and I need to kill Haman too. And this is all my fault. And uh, Char's like, he like kind of like compliments Camille, but he's also like, kind of like, you don't make any sense, dude. He's like, I don't know why I'm doing this Charmille thing. Um, <laughs> um in rule 34. Yeah. Um, yeah. Char says Camille is thinking more like a soldier. Well, Char points out though here that when Camille is blaming himself for this because he didn't defeat Haman, Char goes, "Yeah, but this was already happening. So even if you had killed her, this would still be happening." Right. He he's like, "Yeah, this doesn't completely make sense to me. Why you're blaming yourself? Because yeah, whatever." Um. So Camille bounces into fall in the hallway and and zero G. And uh, they cuddle, and Camille very creepily says he's starting to understand his purpose in life. And this is kind of like where Luke mentioned a few minutes ago. He's like, oh, the steely-eyed look of Camille. Like, um, he's kind of gone sociopath right now, but at least he's like mature sociopath. Well, I'm not going to say mature because he was just like whining how he couldn't kill it, Haman. It's, it's like, not even that I think he he, he is it's not like that. It's almost like he's like shell shocked from everything that's been happening. Yeah. Um, he makes a, he makes comments throughout this episode and, and maybe even into the next episode um, a bit about like, again, like his purpose and what he's good for and his all we're good for uh, that kind of thing that comes up a couple times. Like yeah. he's definitely being really heavily affected by all of it. Um, so I think what uh, y'all might've missed about this first part of the episode is that they, what they're trying to show you is that Camille is uh, very uh, tired. He's not getting enough rest again. And, um, you know, because like, when he starts talking to bright, this is before all the stuff with Fa. um, bright is like, you're not getting enough rest. Yeah. Yeah. And Camille is like, well, you know, I, I can't while mm -hmm. Granada is being threatened by Axis and all this. And, um, I am one you know, of your two competent pilots right now. And you don't yeah. want to send out the other one most of the time. But, you know, they're saying, hey, look, you did a good job knocking out the Kubelay for a while, or maybe we wouldn't have this chance to do it. And, right. you know, Camille when did, uh, and Camille's like, well, the Kubelay isn't Haman. And Bright's like, when did you start being such a pessimist? Go get some rest. And Camille, when he's really tired, kind of acts less mature because that's a believable thing for a teenager to do. And he goes, yes, sir. Like kind of sarcastically in salutes, which isn't something he does before he leaves. So they're really just trying to get across from me. Cause then Fa, uh, that's why his eyes look weird. The dude's just tired. He's really sleep deprived. I th I mean, I think that's part of it, but I also think, no, like, the episode tells you that is it. I don't know. I, I think that's okay. I think that's a large part of it, but I also think like this is like an overall shift of of Camille's uh, persona. I think that's already started. Yeah, and and already did, and and I don't. I think this is just that plus he's tired. Like, but that that's already happened. Like that's just. Well, I mean, so like you, if you if you compare it to like the original Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, it was like, you know, Amuro would just like sit in his room and, and like cradle himself and cry himself to sleep and have mental breakdowns. And Camille just kind of like, yeah, he's tired and he's zoned out. And he's also like, the world is ending and Haman is evil and I need to kill her. <laughs> um, the Psycho Gundam's back. Uh, and we actually get like, really cool artwork of this like it's the 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 art style of uh this the psycho gundam this time is like really well done i think before it kind of looked cheesy and like 
really cartoony, and this time it looks a little bit more artistic to me. They had the key animators working on it. It's a different suit. It's a different design. This is the Psycho Gundam Mark II. Oh. That's why That's why it looks so different. It's literally a different. They they, they never mentioned that. (laughs) I mean, it's purple and red and has pointy bits. It looks almost nothing alike. I mean, that's that's true. It looks really good, though. It's a really it's better drawn than most things in the show right now. Yep, and it's good that they did a good job here because this episode's content is not in the movie at (laughs) all. Um, So um, Rosamia is being sent with Gates uh, along along with Gates to Axis, and they have now rebrainwashed Rosamia into thinking that Gates is her uh, uh, big brother. So Gates has replaced Camille as her big brother. Um, a, the AU uh, gets to the Axis residential district. So we had kind of mentioned how they had shipped out some of the people uh, a few episodes ago when they rammed the gate of Zidane or Zidane. Um, but yeah, they get into the residential district and uh, the Argama is like setting off explosives, trying to kind of re reorient Axis and get it out of their way because they they don't really have a good idea like they know that they want to hit it with the colony laser but i think the colony laser is like being moved no no um, they actually mentioned this early in the episode they they want to contact grips too but their the oh, yeah. particle density yeah. is too high which is the reason they land ground forces on axis because they are going to use the communications equipment there to yes. contact grips too, because they think that it will be strong enough to overcome the particle density. Yep. You're right. I don't know why I didn't note that down. I, I don't know. You compressed half a page of my notes into like three sentences. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I like the way the psycho Gundam was drawn. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the argument is setting off explosives around Axis uh, and trying to do what it can right now while it cannot contact Drips too. Um, Camille senses something. Uh, it's Rosamia. Um, and uh, one, Rosa- one quick note before that um, is, as you mentioned earlier about how uh, Gates is, is her new big brother, um, they make a comment about how they convinced her that Gates was, was her new big brother, which I was kind of curious about how, like, wish they went into that more, but she's suddenly believing fully that it, that Gates is the big brother. And he's like kind of subtly brainwashing her into like, you got to go kill the son, you know, the Zeta. Your goal is to kill the Zeta, go murder the Zeta. Well, the Zeta. I like, think it was, I think it was more along. Like, I mean, we saw them before doing all this like crazy torture stuff, give, give her drugs, give her, put her in some funky suit and just basically like, yeah, no, it's just, well, but the reason that I, I felt like it was a little more important was because they start talking about how, don't worry, this time her programming is impeccable. And like, yeah. they're, they're suddenly way more confident in, in the programming that they did to her. Like, for some reason, it's so much better this time. And she's still insane. Like, you know it. The first time you see her, like, yeah, she's not better. She's still fucking crazy. They don't know how to make uh, uh, cyber new types. They they've still got her just pumped full of drugs and, and all kinds of things. I, I did have a question lane. I don't know if you watched this part in Japanese at all, because I watched it dubbed. And I did not. I watched it in English. Uh, it's easier okay. to take notes. <laughs> so what I would, what I would be curious about, because there are times that when she thinks Camille is her brother, that she says the word bro. When uh, with Gates, she always says brother. And I didn't know if there was like any difference in the, uh, you know, I didn't know if that was just an attempt at, like if the Japanese had different honorifics, uh, they they do. They have. I mean, I mean, I know that they do. I, I just didn't know if it was in the show. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, they definitely have it in the language. I would have to go back and and listen to it, but I might take a note down to do that because um, that is interesting. Um. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, she's fucked up still. Um, but she fires on Axis and. Uh, and Fa and all those that are in the residential area um, have to flee because it just starts collapsing in on itself. It's not like completely destroyed, but they're not safe. Um, 
Gates uh, lost radio contact with Rosamia due to the the dense Minoski particles at this point. Um, what's What's funny here is that Camille during this can like hear Rosamia's voice, and he's having such trouble placing it. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, Luke, you mentioned last time like all the women in Camille's life during this series. It's like no wonder he's having trouble. Oh yeah. yeah. And and in, and in a few minutes, he, he specifically starts thinking it's four, but we're not quite there yet. Um, but yeah, he's like, who is this? What is this voice? Um, so was this uh, one Friday or <laughs> Thursday before? <laughs> Which crazy bitch was it? No. Uh, so Sirocco is incoming. Um, Basque orders Yazan to launch uh, to deal with Sirocco. And Basque tells them to get Gates in on the fight uh, even though the doctor says that that will put uh, Rosemia Rose at risk. Basically, they won't have anybody that uh, is like a mental base for her um, to keep her stable. So um, Basque is like, fuck it. I don't care. Send Gates too. Because he's he's got his suit. He's He's got what? The bound doc? Is that what yeah. he's in? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, so oh, I just said it's important to remember here because it's there's a gap in between when Jamatov gets taken out and this episode. So I think it's kind of important to remember that like Shirako and those Titans suits would be coming for the Dogos gear because Basque would be someone that would be a loyalist to Jamatov. Like he, he knows. Yes, they, they never say who's in control of the Titans explicitly, but I mean, I would just assume at this point, there's two factions of the Titans, one Shirako's factions and one's Basque's factions. And Basque's faction is basically the Dogo Skier. Yeah. Um, I, I think the movie puts a little insert in here, but I mean, the movie does some other different things with Basque and, and whatnot. But I, I think it actually kind of helps clear that up a little bit, um, where it's basically everybody's listening to Shirako and Basque is just on his own, like, no way, I know he really did it. So, anywho. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's, that's what's happening. And um, yeah, so the... Yeah, and then you see that Rekoa is among that force that is coming for the Dogo Skier. Yep. Um, so Rosemia finds the Argama, and uh, Camille is suited up, and he is getting into his suit despite like what Scotty had mentioned, not getting enough rest. And there is a like slap bass jam going I, on when he. I, I had it exactly the same note. I said it was. Uh, uh, she finds the Argama with cyber new type magic as Tasty Funk jams play in the background. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weirdly good piece of music for this show. It shows up like here, and then I think one time next episode, and that's it. <laughs> they paid for the Seinfeld intro. They told, they, they, they told e uh, was flying by. They told the uh, the musical director like, "That's it. This is, you're done after the next episode." And he's like, "All right, I'm just going for it. Balls to the wall. Hand me my bass." <laughs> <laughs> um, so Camille thinks it might be four at this point. Um, and uh, after a few minutes, he figures out it's actually Rosamia. Uh, I think, but he he does, but he doesn't. Like, it seems like he figures it out, but then he still seems surprised like, later. Back and forth. And like, this happens throughout the episode where he like repeatedly thinks it's four. And I think it's because of the feeling he's getting from her, like her being different from a regular new type. I assumed it was because she was a cyber new type. And I kind of thought he would have figured out the difference when he spent all that time with her a few episodes ago. It seems like Four's soul, much like Lala shows up here and there and everywhere, Four's soul is still hanging around in some way. Um, so Camille is being chased at, at this point by the Psycho Gundam. Um, and he flies into Axis through a little tiny hole and the Psycho Gundam gets stuck inside the hole. Uh, and he's still at this point, even though he had suspected it a few seconds ago, he's like, ah, he doesn't know it's Rosamia. He's like, who is that pilot? Um, so they both get out of their suits and start shooting at each other. And Camille grapples her. And then he's like, I'm your big brother. And then they start new type talking to each other. Um, although it's four who hears him. Um, yeah, and then Rosamia gets thrown in the trash. Yeah, she gets sucked out in uh, an airlock into the residential district. 
I was a little confused by the like geographical just like way that was she like got airlocked out into the colony. Uh, yeah, the first time I watched this episode way back, I thought that's how they killed her off. I remember it being like, oh wow, they just sucked her right off into space. She's that's dead. a convenient way to get rid of her. <clears throat> yeah, but um <laughs> that that's not what happens. Um, yeah. But um, if you watch this for the first time and you think that's what happened, I don't blame you. Yeah, until you said the see the body, ex, you know, floating I, around dead in space, then they're not dead well, unless it's um, the chick from Thunderbolt. Well, and and Zeta usually has a very specific piece of music, like a four chord like thing that plays when someone dies. <laughs> um. Where does she get? Okay. Um, man, I, all right. So she runs into Fa and does not recognize her. Um, so Fa's still in the residential district and she's like, who are you? And Fa's like, don't, Fa. Yeah, Fa, yeah, we hung out. We went, I'm, and she's like, no, that's impossible. You're not Fa. Fa is my brother's boyfriend or girlfriend. girlfriend. Uh, and, yeah, it's like a, a brief weird interaction, and Camille shows up, and uh, now now we should mention that they are in a toy store. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I, I don't really know why they were in a toy store. I had a couple notes about that. <laughs> why not? Uh, I mean, I think it was just for the setup so Rosamia could shoot a clown in the in the well, face. It maybe, but uh, she's Foz just like kind of hanging out in the toy store, like meandering about in there, and then Rosamia comes in there, and then they're talking. Um, well, the toy store is where the um, the the communications array is supposed to be. Well, it's near there is the idea. Fa doesn't have anything to do. She's waiting on Torres to finish what he's supposed to do. And so she's just wandering around and ends up going to the toy store to be like, might be some shit doing here. Might might get some toys and take it back to the the, the war orphans. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, yeah, so a clown gets shot in the face. And uh, Fa starts talking and using a, a yo-yo. Which... Yeah, she she randomly whipped out that yo-yo. And I get she was in a toy shop, but she's like, I mean, don't you remember this? This is a yo-yo from when you were a kid. And it just starts, like, yo-yoing. <laughs> like, and it, it trips uh, it trips Rosamia the fuck out, too. How? She's good. But no, you're right, though. It does. How much of a boss is Fa right here, though? Rosamia is there with a gun pointed at her. For one, now Rosami has already missed, and when that she hits that doll, it like laughs and the head's moving up and down. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's great, yeah. Um, but Fa is just being a boss, like throwing the yo-yo, being like, "The hell is wrong with you? Don't you remember all the stuff that we did?" But she's got this very calm demeanor about her. It's a, it's actually, I think, a really great Fa scene. It's a like, oh, by the way, here's us showing you she's got her shit together and can stay cool under pressure. And, well, I think, yeah. I think too, this is like another, I mean, this kind of lends into like Rosamia has been brainwashed and this is maybe one of the ways they did it was just like hypnosis. And like, she makes an interesting point about how she's like, she's like, don't you remember this? I guess you didn't because you didn't have a family. You didn't have a childhood. You didn't get to experience all the things that we got to experience. And then Rosie, and that's kind of when Rosamia starts like tripping out and goes, it was like, no, I had a family. I had a childhood. What are you talking about? I did. I did. Yeah. And Camille's like, what about that boat ride? You don't remember? Fa's like, oh yeah. Cause you got nothing but fake memories. Yeah. Fa kind of like fucks with Rosamia. <laughs> well, um, I mean, so listen, Fa is really tired of Camille showing up with new girlfriends. So <laughs> she's like, give it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So they argue and uh, Rosamia runs away as he continues to try to, uh, he continues basically being like four. I mean, Rosamia. Um, yeah. yeah well, I found it interesting that he's like, he like looks at her, thinks it's four, realizes it's not four, walks in, talks to her. She turns around and runs away, and then he still is thinking it's four. Well, it shows like he's actually literally sees her yeah. as four. Yeah. Points. Yeah. So Rosamia gets back to the Psycho Gundam and uh, throws those the reverse thrusters on and pulls out of Axis like uh, a crazy hope. Um, 
she goes nuts and starts just like firing everywhere, yelling for her brother. Um, like because they have upgraded the laser out. array on this fucker. <laughs> Literally every single. I'm going to go with the joint because it didn't seem like there's any rhyme or reasons to where the beams were coming from. But literally every joint on that thing were like, was like releasing four or five beams each. The Psycho Gundam's like a fucking disco ball of lasers. <laughs> oh, you, you skipped a couple things. Uh, one of them is that Gates almost takes out Rekoa. And he's got the bound dock on the back of the Palace Athene. And then it's when this is just before Razamia launches and she is like, he, he can is I guess back within range or something. Cause remember the whole thing with gates going out is what allowed Razamia to like right. be completely in control. Right. So then as she gets back to the psycho Gundam and is like, where's my brother gates hears it. And that's what distracts him enough to let Rekua get the bound dock off of the back of the palace Athene. Right. But he, he basically had her and then Razamia ruins it. Um, and then the, I really like how, Rosamia gets free because when she flew into that, the, the foot of that thing gets stuck in the bulkhead. And then to get out of it, she basically just shoots down with her wrist things. Total awesome, like Starscream move without the crying about her foot. Very <laughs> well done. Um, and I was so upset that you skipped it. I wasn't going to get to mention that. Make it up to me by continuing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the suit's firing everywhere, she, and she's yelling, asking for help, and um, she actually damages the Argama a decent amount. Um, and then Camille's like following after her, begging her to come back and and go on a boat ride with them. And she's like, she basically says, "Fuck you! You're not my real brother." Um, like uh, it only took you like what twenty episodes to real realize this, Rosemia? Come on now. Um, so. Uh, both Four and Rosamia's souls beg him to help. Uh, so his, Camille, the only way Camille knows how to help a woman is by killing her. So uh, he uh, delivers a headshot to the Psycho Gundam and screams in anger. I don't think we've had like a proper Camille scream in like a while. Yeah. There was like yeah. there was like a like the early episodes like the early 15 20 episodes it was like every other episode was like Camille crying or Camille screaming but this is like the first like primal scream we've got from him in a while. Yeah, yeah. And when after right after Rosanna gets blasted cuz remember in a Psycho Gundam the head's the cockpit. So, right. Yeah. Uh she goes I found you brother and then gets melted in yeah. space dust. Um and then gets gets real mad. Um which doesn't really lead to anything. And <laughs> then Rekua is like, hey, Dogo Skier, buy a Dogo Skier, because she blows it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, basically, yeah, she basically goes um, Char on, uh, what? what's her name from uh, the original series? The, the Zabi daughter. Oh, but she's in a mobile suit and doesn't have a bazooka launcher. I know, but it's it's very reminiscent to that. It's like he yeah. flies up and then just like headshots Bask in, in the fucking suit and well, really the entire like command center of the ship. But yeah. Yeah. I mean it's you know, we we know from the first mobile suit Gundam that and Origin and other things, once a high powered mobile suit is right up on a cruiser or something cruiser is not going to have a good time. Nope. And this right here shows it. I mean, she does maybe four shots. One of them's the bridge. It's done. Um, you do get to briefly see a Hambrabi kind of looking back before it flies away, implying that that's Yazan. Um, it's interesting how they do this in the movie and we'll, we'll cover all of the movie stuff um, in a later episode. But I think this one is, maybe a little more interesting here because uh, they move this battle up or they move this part where the Dogo's gear gets uh, blown up, up to the previous battle for grips two, I think mm -hmm. something like that. Um, maybe even before that, I'd have to go look at my notes again, but um, they explicitly have Yazan blow it up in the movie. <laughs> so, which, and it's the same idea, right? It's like Yazan giving a demonstration of why 
you don't want high powered mobile suit versus sitting duck space cruiser. Right. Yeah. So two, two big characters down in less than two minutes. <laughs> this very eventful two minutes. Um, the colony laser as, as this is happening hits access and moves it out of orbit. Um, so uh, at least everybody in Granada is going to survive this, uh, this episode. Um, Camille tells Fa that it wasn't her fault that Rosamia died because she was feeling a little bit guilty about it. Um, and he says, uh, new types are only good for taking people's lives. And then he has like a creepy smile with it when he says that. Um, and Char's like, Char gives like a half smile and he's like, don't lose any sleep over it. It's a thing. And then uh, Camille's like, no worries. If I did, I'd be a shitty new type. And then Char frowns and the episode ends. Yep. So this, this episode is where you start. Well, I guess it's really episode 46, right? Where you start scratching off the names or maybe even with Apoli, he start this, but, um, Apoli, Apoli was like the first domino. Yeah. Because then episode 46, you got Jamatov and Sarah. Um, yeah, because Opoly's 45, I think, or 44. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, Jamatov and Sarah in 46. This episode, Rosamia, Basque, and basically anybody on the Dogo Skier. That one character, Lauren, that gets named for the first time this episode and then blown up. Um, now, Gates, nobody nobody knows. Yeah, does he, he doesn't show up ever again, does he? Nope. Nor do they tell you what happened to him. Interesting. Yeah, he's probably he's- hanging out in his bound dock. Yeah. Trying to find his little sister that he brainwashed. Yeah, hopefully he didn't go in for maintenance or like resupply. <laughs> but yeah. if he did, then he's dead too. He might as well be, as far as the show is concerned. Now, I mean, they don't have to follow up on like literally everyone. It's it's, it's fine. I mean, Gates, yeah, is, Gates was a was a plot character. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a story character. Yeah. All right, you guys got anything else for this one? I got nothing. We've got um, one, two, maybe three episodes of Zeta left. We've got, well, two episodes of Zeta, but like three new type Flash episodes of Zeta, I think. Uh, So we're near the end. We're getting there, guys. We're getting there. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Feel free to uh, follow us on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod. Comment on our uh, Reddit post on Mobile Suit Gundam uh, subreddit. Thanks for listening. Feel free to ask questions. Give us feedback. Tell us uh, how awesome we are and how we should start a 50 cent per month Patreon. Yeah, what do you want to see out of a 50 cents per month Patreon? What capsule you- machine at the food lion do I need to go raid? Can, can, we, can you even do 50 cents? I feel like there's a minimum, and it's probably like a dollar. Well, the lowest I've ever seen is a dollar. Yeah. Your OnlyFans has a quarter. Whew. Well, that's all it's worth. That's all it's worth. Hey, but I mean, it's not its not nude. It's only like... I wear, I wear G-strings. All right, check you guys next time. <laughs>